The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead the Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Hi, welcome to I Lead the Leadership Connection. I'm Linda Sharkey. Thanks for joining me today. And thanks for PricewaterhouseCoopers for sponsoring this show. I'm, I'm actually thrilled that they have been sponsoring the series uh, for us and for me. Um, they are uh, great in the leadership development area, and they have been wonderful partners uh, with me and with others in helping, them, in helping organizations drive change. So look for... Uh, Coming article. You may have recalled, or if you haven't, look back at some of my previous shows on um, breaking the glass ceiling, and you'll be seeing an article coming out in the next week on my website, uh, www.lindasharkey.com. And the article is really all about how do you go about smashing the glass ceiling once and for all. So I encourage you to take a look. And uh, I'd love to have your feedback, and I'd love to have your thoughts. I'm going to be doing a leadership session uh, very soon for a company in uh, Connecticut. And um, it's all about leadership within, and they, I, I do it for them every year for their senior uh, most leaders. And what I really love about this whole program is that the company itself and the CEO wants their leaders to really have an opportunity to really understand who they are personally and what they are all about and have the opportunity to really reflect on what leadership means for them. Um, I think it's really great that they recognize that leadership is really all about the leader within and all about your own personal reflection and values, not the platitudes of what we all say our values are, but the realities of what they are. You know, leading is not a role. It is really a privilege. And uh, so many times I've been working with companies or in a situation myself where there's been a tremendous lack of leadership, where there's been a self-centered leader, and actually I worked for one at one time who really treated direct reports as expedient, people work long hours, it was all about making them look good, the leader, um, and, and actually they were abusive. They really were abusive. And one day, I realized that I was becoming like that myself. And I walked into work one day and I said, that's not me and that's not what I want to do. So I stopped. But I'll tell you, it's very hard to do when you're working in that kind of environment. I learned a lot about myself there and what I really felt was important. And that's why I've really invited my guest today, Jan Rutherford. Jan is a really sensational individual. We met uh, a couple of months ago and had a very long and deep talk about leadership. I got a copy of his book, The Littlest Green Beret, which is all on self-reliant leadership. It's a fabulous book. Um, and what I like about it is it is practical. And it's not from somebody who did a lot of research. It's somebody who lived the life of self-reliant leadership. Jan entered the U.S. Army at age 17. And I'll let him tell the story. But, you know, it's a, he, he got into special forces where everybody, including his family, said, 
You'll never make it. You'll never be able to do it. And Jan was able to overcome some pretty incredible odds and do some pretty phenomenal things. Um, With that, I'd like to welcome Jan Rutherford. Jan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Linda. It's it's an honor to, to spend time with you today. Thank you. Oh, I'm, I'm just so glad to, to have you. Um, you know, what I really love is if you'd start out by telling your story of how you got into special forces and, you know, at 17, which was really pretty incredible. And what most people don't know, um, you're five feet, four and a half, and that's been a continuing uh, obstacle for you, which you overcame in every turn that you made in your career. So tell, tell me the story of how you got into Special Forces. So um, in the senior year of, of high school, I was in the band, and I was focused on music. And part of the reason I was focused on music is that I, I couldn't play football. I, I weighed 101 pounds my senior year at the beginning, and uh, when I was a freshman, I weighed 65 pounds. I mean, the physics just don't work. So I, I focused on, on band. I was a percussionist and a pretty good one. And um, I got into the University of Florida uh, band, and I was going to major in music, but a scholarship didn't come with that. So there, there wasn't money to, to go to do that, and I probably um, wouldn't have succeeded. I wasn't very focused at that point in my life. So I decided to go down to the recruiter in Miami, which nobody did in 1978 because it was post-Vietnam. It was a new volunteer army, and most of the people that went in were people that were asked by the judge, you have two choices. (laughs) You can uh, go in the army or you can go to jail. So when I showed up and I took the test and scored really high, the recruiter said, holy cow, you can do anything you want. You can, you know, any job, uh, and what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to be in the band. (laughs) And they kind of looked at each other, the recruiters in the office, and said, well, we'll send you up to Atlanta and you can try out. So I got on my first commercial plane ride and went up to Atlanta, tried out, and on the way back had the the one and only epiphany I've ever had in my life, and that was I was a good drummer, but I wasn't going to make it long term because I wasn't just innately talented. I worked hard, but I, I wasn't that good. But I got off the plane and the recruiter looked at me and said, we're, we're good? And I said, no, uh, Sergeant Fleener, I'm not going to do that. And uh, he looked uh, pretty exasperated, and I said, but on the plane ride back, I decided I do want to go in the Army, and I want to jump out of airplanes and be the best trained medic there is. And he said, well, great, you know, you need to go Special Forces. And I said, well, I don't want to be a military policeman. And he said, no, 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 Special Forces is the Green Berets. And he showed me this brochure with these guys that had massive biceps. And, and again, I weighed 101. And I said, Sergeant Fleener, I can't do that. And um, he said, yes, you can. And for whatever reason, I believed him. And he said, well, there's only one problem. You have to gain two pounds. You have to weigh 103 and get a doctor's waiver. Otherwise, when you jump out of planes, you're going to hit the side. So that's what, that's, uh, what, what I signed up for. And, um, and off I went. And, um, you know, like you said at the very beginning, there's a lot of people that thought I would fail because I hadn't been an athlete in, in high school. And, um, and, you know, there was a lot of people that said I could do it. So it was really a matter of wanting to prove people wrong and, and just being headstrong about, uh, about it. And when I made it through, what I realized was that if you want something bad enough, you can probably... Um, you know, forego and, and sacrifice and suffer through things and, you know, for the long-term benefit. And that's really, you know, yes, I had a problem with being little and short up until that point. And, and at 19, yeah. when, I, when I got the beret, I, I decided, and that's when I figured out it really didn't matter about height or anything like that. So <laughs> that's No, it really story. didn't, but it did, it did pervade a lot of your early life. Um, you, you know, you talk oh. about... Uh, some of your coaches and and uh, I think it was Joe Sch- Jack Schnell and and um, you know it was kind of like some tough love and it felt like you really had a lot of personal grit to say I'm going to do this I'm going to get through this. Yeah, well, you know, I, I say that you know nothing great 
gets accomplished in your comfort zone. And, and if I had been comfortable, um, you know, I probably would have stayed there, but I wasn't. I wasn't satisfied and happy with the direction my life was taking. I wasn't very focused on school. And um, I think innately I knew that I needed to be somewhere at that point in my life that was a little bit structured and required some self-discipline. And, um, you know, I, I feel really fortunate that I was around such tremendous leaders at an early age, and, and that's where I started really observing and figuring out what, what made these people special. Why were they successful? How did they inspire yeah. people? Why did they inspire people, you know, people like me? And, and again, I, I go back to that first recruiter and some other people. I mean, what did they see in me that they said, you know, you can do it? And I've, I've noticed in my career as a leader you know, when you have high expectations for people, it's interesting how people will meet those and exceed those. It is interesting. I've seen that, too. And when you have low expectations, you know, people seem to meet that, too, at, at, at times. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to be coming up uh, at a break. I'm, I'm, uh, we're having some weather difficulties here where I am, so I'm um, uh, a little bit challenged with my technology at the moment, but it seems as though we're coming to break time Um uh, Jan, so stay with us. Uh, we'll be coming back, uh, talking with Jan Rutherford, and we're going to explore how you really become a self-reliant leader and some other sort of hard questions on how you examine yourself. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag iLeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to iLead, the Leadership Connection. Welcome back. I Lead the Leadership Connection. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host, and with me today is Jan Rutherford. And we were just talking about uh, how you become a self-reliant leader and obstacles that you may have to overcome and actually how they really make you stronger. Um, And Jan, you were telling me the story and telling us the story of how you became uh, a Green Beret. Um, What what made you 
you all about leadership. Why, why, how did you come to that at, at such an early age? Uh, well, it's a great question. And, you know, the, the first camp that I was assigned to after I received my beret, there was a number of Medal Honor recipients and uh, former POWs that had written books. Um, a gentleman had run for Congress. I mean, some really great leaders. And, and some of them were majors and some of them were colonels and some of them were lieutenant colonels. And what I realized was some of the lower-ranking officers actually had more power and influence than the people that had more rank. And that just went against everything that I, I thought was reality. And I started thinking about, well, why do some of these people have more power and influence? Why are they more respected by the men? Um, how do they inspire people? And, and what is it, what, what, what does success mean, you know, beyond power and money and, and, and status? And I, I started to realize that a lot of these folks were all about serving others. They were about building people up, not tearing people down. That when you looked at them, they were what we would say in the military, they were squared away. You know, I didn't see them get ready. I didn't see them shine their boots. I didn't see them eat. I didn't see them sleep. When they were in front of the troops, 100% of their being was focused on developing other people, on serving. And, you know, later in life, as I looked at Stoic philosophy and Aristotle, and, you know, that, that, that's what a lot of, you know, the ancient philosophers defined as a good life. And so, again, it fascinated me at an early age, and, and to this day, I, I, I think of myself more as a student of leadership than, than, a, than a professor of leadership. Yeah. You know, it strikes me that that's really what you're talking about is that it's not about the role that you achieve. It's about the inspirational leadership that you have from within to help others. And I love what you said about, you know, it's, it's building up, not tearing down. And, uh, you know, I wish I, I see more of the tearing down model than I do see of the building mm-hmm. up model. Do you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, what, what we're seeing today is a more matrix-blended and, and, and virtual environment than ever before. And, you know, the old days, the industrial age, and even the old military of command and control just doesn't work. And the funny thing right. is a lot of people have this perception that the military is all command and control. And in my experience, even 30 years ago, special forces was not about command and control. You know, the, people support what they help create. And on a Special Forces A-team, everybody is cross-trained, cross-functional. Everyone is, is willing and able to accept a leadership role based on their strengths. And, and so we saw this, and it was a really high collaboration. And if you think about it, um, that, that's what we're seeing with the most effective leaders today is extremely high collaboration, and they understand that... 86% of the people out there right now are looking for another job. They're not committed and engaged because they don't have leadership that's inspirational, that explains the why, the purpose, and is truly committed to their team's development. Yeah, you know, that's so interesting because that, that statement, you know, people support what they help create. And, you know, that's, that's, that's not a new statement. And steward leadership is really not a... Uh, a, a new thought, yet it it is very hard to find leaders that are really, truly like that. And, you know, we all say we want to be in the service of others. I, I don't know anybody who walks into work and says, well, you know, I'm, I'm really all about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but selfishness and selflessness is hard. And personal self-interest often takes over. Uh, just because we're people. And, you know, how do you guard against that? How does one guard against, you know, having that powerful personal self-interest take over? Yeah, I, well, you know, it's a combination of competencies that have polarities. I mean, you know, it's a combination of humility and confidence or courage and vigilance or discipline and creativity. I mean, it, it, it's a lot of those, a lot of those things, but it really starts with creating a functional team. And you could look at Lencioni's work. You know, there has to be trust, and and then there has to be you know healthy conflict, and then commitment, accountability, results. But before all of that, 
what you, what has to happen is there has to be shared values. And that's a business buzzword, but really what it means is that, that there are principles upon which you believe. And what I would say, and people don't want to talk about this these days, but it really is about character traits. And when you, when you yeah. trace where people's character comes from, it's not like someone has character and that's what it is. I, I believe it's a pursuit of virtuousness. And, you know, how often do leaders really help people be, you know, be good people and strong and do the right thing? I mean, none of us are ever going to be there, but it's a journey and it's a pursuit and it's constantly evaluating and learning from um, setbacks and mistakes and adversity. And, and a, a leader that's committed to the development of their people, not just the bottom line. Right. You know, it's so interesting you say shared values, and I, I want to ask you a question, too, about 360 feedback. But, uh, you know, shared values, if you ask, and I do an exercise around this, I'm sure you do, too, where you ask people, you know, what, what are the uh, lessons, what are the values that guide you? You know, what are your guiding principles? Same thing as shared values, and I know you know Jim Clawson from... Um, uh, you know, who, who does some of this. Mm-hmm. And often people will come out with like these nice platitudes and, you know, but to really get down to the bottom of what your values really are, I think it's a very hard thing to do. And I discovered it when I had that, I wasn't proud of myself in the way I was working with people that worked with me and for me. I wasn't proud of myself. And that's when I said, you know, I'm I'm working against the values that I really have. But, you know, a lot of times we don't have situations like that where we really have to confront. How do you get people to really go deep into what their values really are? Yeah, it's it's a very good question, and and it's um, you know, when I when I <laughs> the best exercise exercise I've ever seen with that is where somebody brainstorms all the things that are important to them, their values, and you winnow mm-hmm. it down to basically three things. And you look at that, and my, mine are real simple. They're family, freedom, and purposefulness. Those are the yeah. things that I value. And, and how does that show yeah. up in the workplace? Well, it shows up that I want to be around people that are ambitious and gracious and pleasant. I mean, that's, that's yeah. kind of how it shows up. And so what's that mean yeah. from a shared value? Well, I want to be around people that are ambitious, not about power and money, but about making the world a better place, that have heroic aspirations and people that are selfless. And, and net givers and, um, you know, people that want to have fun. And it doesn't mean they're funny, but they're pleasant, you know, that, you know, yeah. they enjoy the company of others. And if, if somebody doesn't fit that, that's not a good fit for me. And, and I think yeah. um, a lot of, you know, self-awareness from a leadership perspective, like you said at the very beginning, is to recognize if you're in a place where you can't be your authentic self. And that's hard to do because, you know, as we move up the uh, corporate ladder or whatever ladder it is, you know, you have family, you've got mortgages, you've got all these other things, and it's, it's, you know, it's hard not to be self-protective. You know, I think we're going to be coming up on a a break uh, in, in about a minute, but I wanted to ask you, you know, there's a lot being said right now about 360 uh, feedback. And in particular, companies seem to be, and I know where I land on this, but, you know, I'm anxious to hear your perspective, but, uh, you know, on competency models. Here's our leadership competency model, and, you know, here are the things that leaders need to do. And what's your view on, on competency models and 360 feedback, and what role do they play in this sort of authentic leadership? Yeah, well, it's what we've touched on already. I think, you know, there's very few people that that really define what, what the values or the principles are. And again, from a simple perspective, not business speak. And then, you know, how does that tie into strengths and interests? And are those described, you know, from a from a, a job description and a competency model? And and where it, where we fall down from a leadership perspective is that there aren't consequences for the right behavior or the wrong behavior. And by wrong behavior, I don't mean you put someone on a performance improvement plan and 90 days they're fired. Um, I mean, from a leadership perspective, one of the power tools that we really have is just to express disappointment in someone that didn't meet expectations or didn't do what they said they were going to do or let us down. 
because that's a value. Those are the things where trust comes from. And so, but on the other hand, you know, people will feel like they're being treated unfairly if the praise isn't four times greater than, than negative or constructive feedback. So the, the, the issue is that takes time. And most leaders are so busy doing and accomplishing right. and, and are addicted to activity, they don't take time, the, the, the short amount of time that's required for people to feel that they're cared about, people are committed to them, there's trust, and somebody is investing in their development and their career. Yeah, you know, we just had, an, and I totally agree, and we're going to continue this conversation. David Knorr was just on uh, uh, a week or so ago, and he talked about exactly that same thing of building that strong, deep relationship with others around values, and that's what builds the trust. And frankly, I think that's what blows away the bias that you may have on initial meeting of an individual, whether they're short, they're tall, they're, you know, uh, from another part of the world, but building that trust. So... We're coming up on another break. Uh, Stay with us. We're going to be exploring this a little bit more deeply, and we're going to be talking about how you ask yourself the hard questions, which is in um, Jan's book, um, The Littlest Green Beret, and some other great tips and tools. So stay with us um, through the break, and we'll be back with Jan uh, at the I Lead the Leadership Connection. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the future of business. Learn how you can become the transformational leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough wave of innovation. The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag I Lead TLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Hi, welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host of I Lead, the Leadership Connection, and we're talking with Jan Rutherford, uh, a Green Beret. Uh, he's taught leadership courses to graduate students all over the world. Uh, he's worked in a number of charitable organizations, and he's held very senior CEO and management positions. Um, he's written a, a fabulous book called The Littlest Green Beret, and we were just talking about how you really create a self-reliant leader 
and the role that values play in all of this. So thank you again, Jan, for being with us, and, and let's continue this conversation. Um, what? So how do you feel that um, the, 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 is 360 a help for people um, when it comes to helping them see how others perceive them, or is it just another one of those sort of corporate things that we do? <laughs> well, I, I, I think I'll go back to my students in the 16-week course. The, the first eight weeks, 50% of the course, it really is all about them in self-awareness, yeah. and, and it's everyone's favorite topic themselves. And, you know, it's interesting because you can take an emotional quotient test or a Myers-Briggs or Strength Finder, you name it. You can take it to learn more about yourself. And it's always interesting. What What's more interesting is what about the people you interact with? What What are their scores? What are their strengths? What, what do those look like? And what's that mean from how you need to change how you communicate with them? So a lot of times that part's missing. So the 360, it really is the next step and it allows people to have input into how they're perceived. There might be great yeah. self-awareness about someone's self and what they're interested in, their values and their strengths, but not on, on their effect on other people. And so I think that combined with a, with a little bit of coaching, whether it be an external coach or a, a good boss or a mentor, can help somebody hold the mirror up in such a way that they see something they otherwise wouldn't. So I think it's a valuable tool if used appropriately and not as as a hammer. <laughs> yeah, as, as a reflection tool. I guess I'm, I'm, where I'm leaning these days is that I think too many times companies are littered with, um, you know, skill-based uh, uh, competency models for leaders and that really don't give them great insight. Um, and I think more important is to be clear on what the values are of that you expect of people in the organization and what those values look like when they're in action and holding people accountable to them and doing 360s around or feedback around, you know, are you living the values or aren't you? And right. so that that's kind of where I've, led, I've, I've landed the plane of, of late set thoughts on that. Yeah. I, 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 I agree, Linda. And, and, and again, I mean, we could go to the ancient philosophers and they would highlight six, six basic virtues. That, that we should all be in pursuit of. And in that, you know, that there's everything that exists out there today, including Dale Carnegie's great book on how to win friends and influence people, really relate to some of those virtues and those character traits. And, and I agree with you. We don't talk about those enough in the form of, you know, how, how are those values expressed? It's almost as if we need a, another word besides values to help people really understand yeah. what that means and how that forms the culture and, and, and affects the yeah. strategy. Yeah, it, it certainly does. and affects the ability to execute the strategy. You know, you, you, you talk about um, asking yourself the hard questions mm-hmm. and knowing which questions to ask. Um, you know, people can ask themselves the hard questions Sometimes not be honest. Tell, tell me more about that because I think that's very powerful. Yeah, so, so one of the things I learned in, in teaching graduate students, MBA students, after 16 weeks, I always felt like I was dumping them off a cliff. And at the last class, yeah. every time, I said, look, you don't need another course, another book, another lecture, a motivator. You have three things that happen every single day that you can use to become a better leader. One... There's always adversity. There's always a crisis. And there's going to be setbacks. You're not going to perform and, and ride it through every time. So after you've had some setbacks, use it to, to learn from it. The second is there's always people around you, and there's, you can learn from everyone around you. And the third, which we, none of us do enough, is using a little solitude for introspection, what I call hear the unheard, whether it be the voice inside or what's going on in the organization. So to me, the essence of self-reliant leadership isn't going it alone. It really is knowing which questions to ask, the hard questions, but really having the courage to answer them and to act, to adapt and to change and to move forward. You know, you said an interesting, many interesting things there, but one that really resonated with me, which was... Um, 
you know, to really listen to what's going on in, 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 in yourself. And, you know, I think we all know there's a little bell or knot that goes off when we're really sort of out of kilter and we know we're out of kilter. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes we try to ignore that. But we really do know deep down when we're not, you know, when we're in an adverse situation, we're not behaving as we really want to be, and, and how can we self-correct? We do mm-hmm. really need to listen to ourselves more. Yeah, well, one of the things I did last summer, I I spent a week on the Colorado Trail um, by myself, and I went out, you know, to um, walk, the, you know, walk the walk, literally and figuratively, to hear the unheard. And I thought I was going out there to really figure out what I was going to do to take my business to the next level. And I, when I got back and I reflected on what I wrote in my journal, at the very top I wrote love story, and I handed it to my wife, and. And after she read it, she said, that's better than any Hallmark card you've ever given me. All I did on that trail wow. was figure out that, that my business and my happiness and everything else in my life, it went to that value I said earlier, the first one, which was family. And yeah. everything was centered around her and her happiness and, and the kids and grandkids and all that stuff. But to hear the unheard, uh, and, and a lot of people that have done similar things all say the same thing. It, it, it's not three days. It's, it's four days. You know, you, you know and I, I'll often ask clients, you know, how many of you are really refreshed after a two- or three-day weekend? You know, <laughs> nobody. I mean, it, it's an yeah. extended period of time to really take a step back and reflect, and the business isn't going to fall apart on you in four or five days. <laughs> no, it definitely is not. And, you know, there's a, another person I, when I was uh, giving a talk out in Australia on uh, some of this to a, a, a recent keynote. I ran into a woman uh, who is a neuroscientist, and she's doing some work on, uh, you know, the workplace and the brain. And she actually says that the way the workplace is constructed today, and, you know, I know this, you and I have both been in it, uh, you know, there's no time to think. Mm-hmm. And people, the brain actually needs time to uh, reflect and think in order to be innovative. And if it's just going from one task to one task to one task to one task, uh, you lose all your capacity for innovation and creativity. So I thought that was yeah. pretty fascinating. I, yeah, and one, one other just quick comment. If you ask me the biggest um, obstacle facing leaders today, I would say it's time. And it's not to find more time, it's to utilize their time better. And 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 really, what I reminded myself when I was CEO was slow down to speed up. That what got you here isn't that. going to get slow you here, as Marshall Goldsmith says, is you, you, right. what, what, what you did as a VP or a director isn't going to work when you're an executive. Yep, I love that. I'm going to save that little uh, uh, nugget. You know, you <laughs> spend some time speaking this since you raised Marshall, who we both know uh, well. Um, He's going to be on the show, by the way, in uh, oh, April, kicking off kicking off his new book, Triggers, that's coming out. So I'm excited about that. But um, you spend some time on coaching in the book, and, and you have a great chapter on it. And, and my question to you, or at least my observation and my question is, you know, companies don't leverage coaching enough. Uh, you know, some people have an executive coach, uh, you know, they have internal people that think that they know how to coach and they really don't. But that art and skill of being able to listen, to coach uh, others is really a key leadership skill. And you talk about people that coached you through your life and your career. Why don't we do more of that as part of the whole leadership uh, curriculum? Yeah. Well, we, you know, you go back to elementary school, we teach speaking, we don't teach listening. The, 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 mm. the, my favorite story of, of coaching is a fellow I had back early in my career that, you know, we, we walked into a Dunkin' Donuts to, to grab coffee and we walked out three hours later and he walked out and he goes, oh my God, that was exhausting. And I'm like, what? And he goes, don't you understand what just happened there? And what he did, I was getting ready to promote someone. And instead of telling me, Dan, you're foolish, you're making a big mistake, he just asked me a lot of questions. Not, he didn't, but I didn't feel manipulated. This guy yeah. understood the art of the question, and he walked me through. And then afterwards, he took the time to explain what he did as a coach. And 
you know, what's funny is I mentioned this to him a few months ago, how much I appreciated that. And he said, you know what's really sad? I don't have the time to do that anymore. And, and that's ah, just that is criminal. <laughs> yeah, it is just criminal. Because we feel like, you know, so many leaders that I coach, uh, you know, one of their biggest things is that they don't listen enough, that they're not present and in the moment with people, that they're not tapping into what people need from their aspirations. They're too busy doing the task and getting them to step back and really reframe what their what leading really is all about is, is very difficult. So ones that are successful have been great. And by the way, they're by and way far happier in their life. Yeah. Well, it's, it's investing the time up front to develop your people. And yeah. then, then you're going to get the time back down the road. And, and that's really what the key is. But the other part that seems to resonate with people these days when we say be present and listen better is I, I've I've been saying to uh, to to people I work with hold your views lightly, and and that seems to oh, resonate great one. with people. Yeah, yeah, because start try to keep from making judgments, which of course we all do, whether we admit it or not. While we're listening to somebody, we're really judging what they're talking about the whole time, as opposed to really trying to deeply understand what they're saying. Exactly. Uh, which I think is is the point that you're making. And these, you know, these sound so obvious, but they are very hard to do if you've if you've tried to do them, which you have. Mm-hmm. So tell me, uh, Jan, what you know, if you had three pieces of great advice to a leader, uh, what what would what would it be? What are, what are the three things that you would tell them that are just essential? Well, um, I I think. I could break it down to two, and, and what, what I would say to CEOs, to people at the very top of an organization, I would remind them that people support what they help create, and that is you, you need to be collaborative. Um, there's, a, there's a formula out there, E equals Q times A, and that is effectiveness is quality times acceptance. And sometimes we think we're the smartest person in the room and we just need to sell everybody on the idea. Well, Chances are if you notch down the, uh, your great idea, you're going to win more acceptance, and the product of that is much more effectiveness and yeah, not better absolutely. communication, better salesmanship. Yeah. That's what yeah. I would say to the top of the organization and to everybody else because collaboration seems to be such an issue and there's so much time wasted with people issues and people not getting along is what we mm-hmm. just said. Hold your views lightly. Seek first to understand, like Stephen Covey said, to really, yep. you know, fine-tune the art of listening and asking lots of questions before you use the word should. Yep, yep, absolutely. That is becoming the new art, uh, as Peter Drucker has said eloquently mm-hmm. when he was alive, that, you know, the leader of the future is going to learn how to ask. And part of asking is really listening deeply. I, I uh have a guest coming up who wrote a really great book on, on listening. Again, she was, uh, you know, right out of the corporate world and experienced that, and she's, she's going to be on in, the, in the, the, the next couple of weeks. But those are great, great points. We're coming up on break. Stay with us. We've had a couple of emails in. Uh, Jan, some people have some questions that um, they, they, they'd like to ask. So um, stay with us. Uh, We're with Jan Rutherford, and we will be back on I Lead the Leadership Connection. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag iLeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to iLead, the Leadership Connection. Hi. Welcome back to I Leave the Leadership Connection. I'm your host, Linda Sharkey. And with me today is Jan Rutherford, uh, author of a fabulous book, The Smallest, The Littlest Green Beret on Self-Reliant Leadership. Uh, Jan uh, teaches in uh, uh, University of Denver, and, uh, University of Co- uh, Colorado and the University of Denver, and he uh, speaks at industry conferences around the world. Um, we are talking about how you become a self-reliant leader. We've had a couple of questions emailed in. One is from Tom, actually, in New York. And Tom says, what do I do if I find myself in a really tough environment and how do I survive it? And you said, you know, you have to, uh, maybe you have to figure out a way to leave, but, uh, you know, I need to stick it out here for a while, he, he points out. So what, what advice do you have for Tom? Mm-hmm. Well, w- without without knowing why it's a tough environment, it's a it's a little bit of a hard question. Um, that that's you know, if there's misaligned values, then then that that's one where it, it just doesn't work long term. I I understand there's always extenuating circumstances why people need to feel they need to stay, and in that case, uh, what, what I, my counsel would be not only do a great job. And, and document what you're accomplishing for use in, in, in your resume for the future. But what can you learn from it? What, what's tough and, and what are the things that you control? If it's, if, if it's difficult people, you know, what makes them difficult? What, can, what are things that you can do to be more effective and to influence them? You, you, there is an art to managing up. And I, I wish I had learned that early on in my yeah, career. But a lot of times, when we're when we're less experienced, we're really prideful, and yeah. and I think sometimes our pride can get in the way of us being effective and understanding. You know, how do I take care of the work that I need to do, and how's that play in? And I heard somebody recently say it's not about pursuing your passion and chasing your passion; it's really about taking your passion with you. So I, I would muster yep. up the passion that you have and, and know that you're still working with people that are, I'm sure, some great people, and, and give it your all while you're there. Yeah, and I think that's really great advice, and I would add a piece to that, which is mm-hmm. the values piece. You know, really, what does it say about your values? What is making it such a difficult environment for you to work in? And if there really is a big incongruence between who you are and what you're all about, and what the company is all about, I would say brush up that resume quietly and start looking for a place where it's a good cultural fit for you. You should know, by the way, that many people leave companies because of poor cultural fit. And many people, you know, in 18 months if it's a new job, the failure of a lot of new people coming into companies is because they didn't explore what the company values were and the cultural fit. So, you know, life is too short to stay in a place where you're miserable. But I think, mm-hmm. Jan, your advice was spot on. Mm-hmm. So here's another question. This this question is from uh, Arizona. It's from Dan. And he said, 
you know, how do I, it's easier said than done to slow down, to speed up when you have so many deliverables and so many pulls on your time and you said it yourself, time is probably uh, at least my most precious commodity. Give me some tips. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And it, and it really, you know, at the end of the day, we only control two things, and that's how we respond to our environment, our attitude, and, and where we spend our time. And, you know, I, I, I believe very strongly that all my personal and professional failures have been when I've lacked focus. And to yeah, me, me, an too. organization or an individual's focus is dependent on, on discipline and the ability to yeah. sacrifice and say no to things. So a lot of times this happens with people that have pleaser personalities and say yes to everything. And, and this goes back to managing up or sideways or, yeah. or, or down, and that is to make sure yeah. you have aligned expectations with the priorities. And, yeah. and part of it, too, it happens a lot with perfectionists, that every the single thing they're doing is, is a quality work. And as we know in the business right. world... There's a lot of things that it's okay for it to be a B or a C. It doesn't have to be an A. And, it doesn't always have to it, be an A. You're absolutely right, Jan. So I'm yeah. telling we're coming up on the top of the hour, and I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I want to thank you so much for answering those questions. Uh, and I want to thank uh, Tom and Dan for uh, emailing them to us. Please do. We, we love hearing from the audience. And stay with us for next week. Next week, we have Chris Coffey, who is a world-renowned executive coach, part of the Marshall Goldsmith Group, uh, and he has written a phenomenal book, and he is going to be spending time talking about how to make coaching a way of life. Uh, Chris has tons of fabulous stories and a methodology that actually, literally, I took that methodology and brought it into GE to help train our GE leaders to be more effective coaches. So stay with us. Uh, thank you for joining. Thank you, Coopers, for sponsoring the show. And thank you, Jan, for being part of it. Thank you, Linda. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead, The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week.